NBN podcast. We are finally here again after forever, which is kind of becoming our latest MO. Um, but we are here finally, so uh, rest assured. We have an actual decent episode ahead of us. Um, of course, just before we get started, we have to always thank Gone Banana Racing Skins. If you guys need foam tires for any application, even if you're not sure, go ahead and send Rick Seffrood a message. Um, or Mike or I a message, and we can get a hold of Rick uh, for you if you have a hard time finding him. Uh, just be warned, he is a busy man. If he doesn't get back to you, don't be afraid to send him a message again in a couple of days. Uh, sometimes he misses messages because uh, I think, Mike, you're one of the admins on one of his pages or something like that. Yeah, on the Gone Banana Racing Skins page, yeah. So it gets a little uh, a little crazy, I'm, I'm assuming. Sometimes. Oh, <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. So, of course, uh, thanks to Rick at Gone Banana Racing Skins. Of course, uh, Mike and I both use MKS servos in all of our vehicles, and uh, I don't think without those we'd be half as good as we think we are, let's be honest. <laughs> no, they're good. Yeah. They uh, make you a better driver. That's for sure. Uh, and of course, CowRC, um, Mike and I use their products as well to keep our cars clean, our stuff lubed. Love them. Uh, which reminds me, i got to get a hold of Heath. Lubricated. He's just, yeah, he's just back from Florida, I believe, <laughs> or vacation, so... Gonna need to get some more uh, moo clean and moo slick for for the basement here. Um, but yeah, so it has uh, multiple purposes. Yes, multiple purposes. I've used the utter butter on snow machines and four wheelers outside of RC stuff. So, um, but yeah, so before we get into this episode, uh, I'll tell you guys our next episode is gonna have Randy Pike on from Teakin. Uh, we've had him on before, and uh, as always, he's always been very helpful. Answered a lot of questions. This time, we're gonna have him on to talk about the Gen Three. Um, RX-8, and as well as the new software. Uh, and Mike and I both recall there was a time when Randy said to us that they come out with new hardware when the old hardware can no longer support the software. So I think we're going to definitely be seeing some uh, some changes coming down the road. Um, I noticed some of you guys that are more into the drag racing scene and know that there is a new RS Pro coming out for uh, one-cell drag racing for the Pro Stock guys. Um, new software, new hardware normally means that probably I bet you we are going to see that RS Pro ESC drop sometime in the near future. Um, so yeah, that's what we have coming up on the next episode. This episode, we're going to have Rotor Ron on. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know who Rotor Ron is, he is a guy who is pretty good at setting up motors. He's got a pretty nifty setup. We're going to have him on to talk about, obviously, his history in RC uh, but also to talk about when you're buying that fancy 17.5 motor or any kind of dynode motor, regardless of being 75, 13.5, wherever, uh, maybe have a better understanding of what those sheets mean, what to look for, what's good, what's bad, um, and that stuff. Yeah. You know? Word. So, Mike. <laughs> yeah, what's up, man? What have we been up to? I'm feeling like a... I feel like a bag of dog poop right well, now. And I told you we could wait, but now we're committed, and now we're going to do as much of it as we can. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's, it's all good. Just, you'll live, you'll live. 
I'll I'll make it. So what have we raced <clears> twice <throat> since the last time we recorded? <clears throat> well, it depends on if you woke up to get out of bed on time <laughs> or not. You may have raced three times. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so for those of, that, uh, of you guys that don't know, this is, uh, I guess Mike was up late like usual, like, uh, Mike likes to do sometimes before he goes racing for some reason. Cause, um, with a full-time job and being full-time dad and having a family, sometimes RC does not get the attention that it needs. And <clears throat> Mike fell victim to that particular situation. Um, the night before he was supposed to go racing, he got his cars ready. And what, what time was it when you finally went to bed? That night? Oh, I don't know, like freaking two o'clock in the morning. And needless to say, he had to be up in, what time did you have to be at Joel's for? Like 4.30, 5.00? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> somehow between the time that Mike went to bed, uh, he managed to hit the do not disturb. So for those of you out there, I know iPhones have them, uh, but Mike and I have Android devices, and um, I don't know what the do not disturb does because I've never hit it, but Mike has hit it. And uh, Mike, why don't you tell the folks what Do Not Disturb does on an Android device when you hit the button? Well, the alarm still goes off, apparently. But then all your phone calls don't come through. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was so tired, it didn't matter. It was better I just didn't go anyways. Because <laughs> it just would have been an awful day. I would have been tired. Yeah, so Mike managed to sleep through an alarm, a couple of phone calls... I think it was later... five, six phone calls. I think it was later that night he realized where the problem was. Um, So he ended up not making it to that race. And that race was going down to the hardwoods uh, with Joel and a few of those other guys. Uh, But before he went and missed that race, him and I pulled another stain up way too late before we went down to Casey's uh, last race before his spring fling, uh, which was in the casino as well. I think we went to bed at 3 o'clock that night. And uh, we were in my truck traveling there by 8 a.m. So that one, that was, you know what? It wasn't too bad. Um, I was tired definitely when I come home. I took a nap when I come home (laughs) from that one. But I like it. Like uh, anytime we race at the casino, it's always fun. It's different because it's carpet on carpet. Um, So sometimes the cars will do weird things. Say that again. What? Carpet on carpet. What did you say? Sorry, I had to. Was that what you were laughing at before? (laughs) Yeah. I'm listening to soundboard stuff while we talk. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Um, But yeah, I don't know. That was our our first race with the the stadium trucks. I know you, you had a few more quirks with yours than mine. Oh, you, it's good now. But you, well, at Casey's recent, yeah, you had put a car, like a carpet specific setup on it, right? Yeah. And I just didn't like it. It just mm. didn't work for me at all. Yeah. That's, I, all, that's all it was. The beauty part for me <laughs> is, you know, I still have the B series, uh, like the B5 series cars, like T5, B5. And I got a T5M. Uh, I got rid of the SC5M because it just for some reason I just can't get into the short course truck again. Like I do like the way the truck drove. It just, I really like the way the stadium truck drives. And I basically took the setup from my B five M and just moved it onto my T five M. You know, I did, I did a little bit of different stuff with the shocks, uh, from some suggestions from, uh, Rick, cause Rick was running a T five M back then. And overall I'm, I'm super happy with the car. Um, 
like you said, it needed a little more ride height. I added a little more. I might add another turn. I've been doing it slowly because I just don't want to go too high and not like it. So, but uh, so far, so good. I really do enjoy the T5M a lot. Um, yeah, no, it's fun. It is just a fun class. I can't believe that it's, yeah. I can't believe it disappeared for a little while. Now, at least it's coming back now. And hopefully those guys out there that have... Um, like have the the stadium trucks start bringing them out a little more often. They're, they're a mm-hmm. blast to drive. I have a lot of fun with that anyway. But yeah, uh, I don't even remember how we finished or or anything like that at Casey's. We just we had a good time. <laughs> Doesn't even matter. Well, that's all. We're just going out to have fun. Um, and then last weekend, yeah, because we're on this weekend. Last weekend, Mike and I mm. managed to get out of bed and get over to Joel's <laughs> and. I uh, get to go down to the hardwoods and race down there. I've been down there before, so I knew what to kind of expect as far as the track size and and stuff like that. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I did not enjoy the bumps at the end of the straightaway. They sucked. Oh, I have a theme song for those. Oh, ready? Okay, I'm listening. Oh, yeah. You ready? <laughs> Here we go. Theme song for the bumps. <laughs> That's about how great they were. Yeah, they it, were awful. Sounds like yeah, they you, ended uh, kind of with one of these. <laughs> I did not like those things at all. Uh, you know what? And I'm sure they're gonna. He- I'm sure they're gonna. Someone's gonna listen to this and be like, "Oh my god, the guys were crapping on it." The track we had was good, except for those. They sucked. That we had the conversation in the vehicle home that if that was our local track, we would have packed our stuff up and left if yeah. those were on the track. Well, and I honestly would have. Before I packed up and left, I would have said, "Hey, is there any way we can get rid of those or like reduce yeah. it down to leaving a way around them?" Like, you know what I mean? Like I would have asked first before I packed, but yes, I would if they wouldn't have removed them, I probably wouldn't have stayed cuz uh it definitely was a challenge. There was no real fast way about it. Um Ryan Birch when him and I were running one of the stadium truck uh heats he mm-hmm. figured out that rolling the first and doubling them worked. It wasn't great, but yeah, it but worked. It, it was still one of these. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. I don't care <laughs> there how was, you... <laughs> there, there was no making it good, that's for sure. It uh, it still <laughs> no. sucked royally. No. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I hit it, it was like this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think sorry, I think sorry. Matt uh, Kroger had the same um, the same feeling uh, on those as you. <laughs> Frank Frank was managing to triple them at times. Um, Matt couldn't manage. Uh, it was yeah, it was fun. You could you could you could do the whole things, but you'd never land on the other side. That was the problem. Not very often. Sometimes, not very often. I don't think ever. Yeah, you could because uh, Kroger did it with my four four three a couple times. <sighs> I just, yeah, it, 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 I don't know. I'm not, uh, I don't know. Yeah, they suck. I get it. I, no, get, I get why they were there. You know, it slows the track down. Well, they were trying to add an obstacle, but unfortunately something, there should have been, you could have put yeah. in like a little double in there or something like that, or like a single, you know what I mean, um, with a gap, like, you know what I mean? Just put in like a, a two, yeah, like a five, six yeah. foot gap in there with uh, with jumps or something they just, instead. They, you, I think the biggest problem was is, they threw the vehicle funny. They threw the back end of the car up. Well, you they were rounded. Like, they weren't like 
they were literally like, I think they, I think, I think the guy called it the dragon's back or something like that. It's just, yeah. Like, I like the track. I like the place. It's just that, yeah, that feature sucked. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I mean, it is what it is. We dealt with it. It made it interesting. It was just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I quit. Not again. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it again. I, I like I said, I, I had a good time down there, and then it was funny. Uh, Frank yeah, let funny. me drive his B6. I can see what the hype's about about those cars. I think if I had one and I could get it to drive the way I like it to, I probably would be faster um, than I am with my B5M. But I let uh, I let Kroger drive my 443, and he turns to me, he goes, man, he goes, this is faster than my 224. And he goes, why didn't you beat me? And I looked over at him, I'm like, I suck at driving, dude. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it was it was really cool to give my car to another to another racer and have him you know comment on how well the car drives so it's especially somebody like Kroger he's fast like we both know he's really fast well i mean you've only had like 3 years to get that car where it is yeah but i haven't done a whole lot to it to make it you know, like there hasn't been like wholesale changes dude like that's still out of the True. book uh, like the pistons in it are out of the out of the setup. Like I've changed a few things thanks to Bubba Boggs suggesting a few things to make it turn better off power. Um, but that's it. Like I haven't really done anything crazy, man. It's running plastic like steering rack. Like you know how all these guys put, you know, aluminum steering rack this and this and that. Mine has none of that stuff in it. Like none of it. <laughs> hmm. So I don't know. I just it was it was really nice. And yes, I'm running RPM front arms. But this oh, this will probably be the uh, when do we race two more weekends? I think. Yeah, it's on the twentieth. I think. No, it's at the end of the month. The twenty eighth. Yeah. Twenty ninth. Huh. Right on. Yeah. So we got. Bro, what the heck is bubbling over there? That's my washer draining. Because I've moved oh, where I head sit, head. I don't have a monitor or anything between me and that. Uh, can you hear it? It's about to do its spin oh, yeah. cycle, too. It's going to go Sounds ballistic. Sounds like someone's taking a leak. Yeah, well, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, so we got, we got two more weekends. Uh, well, we got next weekend coming up. Yeah, two weekends, basically, before we go racing again. And that'll be the end of the year <clears throat> race uh, for the indoor season. And then uh, I think you and I might try to get just even eight-scale practice in. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Like, if we if we do something like we were discussing, you know, a little track at the back of your parents there, and we could just take the eight scales out and run laps. You know what I mean? That'd be nice. At least just, yeah. Dude, I was watching some of the stuff from the Psycho Nitro Blast that's happening this mm-hmm. weekend. They had mm-hmm. 900 and some odd entries. Mm-hmm. They were running until 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, I believe it. I want to go. <laughs> I told the wife I want to go, and I'm bringing an eight-scale nitro buggy. That's it. And I told her, you're going to have to pit for me. <laughs> she looked at me with that look of like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> so I want to go to it. Nice. It, it's, it's one of the more achievable huge races that's kind of close to us because it's on our coast, and it's not overly crazy far away. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, probably 15 hours of driving. You got dreams, bro. You got dreams. I still want to go. I do. 
We might have to borrow a few. I need you to come, though, because we're going to have to bring your dad's uh, the 12-foot enclosed trailer uh. for pitting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Psycho Nitro Blast. You guys need to check that out if you haven't already. It's uh, Psycho <clears throat> Nitro Blast. Yep. <laughs> Actually kind of has a ring to it. The PNB, it's called. Psychonitroplast. Yeah, it's Oh, the peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Dude, it's in a like a stadium. I'm trying to think of the size of it. Like, it's got to be in a place almost the size of... Oh, I've, I've seen a lot of the pictures and stuff floating it's around the book. Like, it's huge. I can't get over how big it is. <laughs> see anything good re- recently mm. on... F- hey, did you see that Kia slash Hyundai had to recall like 1.4 million... SUVs and cars for engine for just nope. uh, what the heck did they call it? Just out of nowhere engine failures. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and they say Samsung screwed up when they released the Note Seven. <laughs> Are they making uh, a Note Eight? Yeah, because it, it just it gets announced later than the like S Eight and stuff, right? Yeah, it doesn't come until uh, the fall. Oh, okay. All right. I was looking at the S8s there. They're they're nice. Won't lie. I will not lie. So what do you got going on, bro? What's the Me, word? Not much. Ooh. Well, you know, because I told you. So I don't know if everybody out there that listens to the show, and I'm sure most people do know that there are Facebook groups all over that do like those sticker sales thing. Mm. Where you buy like a sticker and then you kind of get like yeah. a complimentary like chance to win a prize. Yeah, yeah. I won a prize. And not like a little prize. Like, I won. Holy a- shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> so, to, to, just to tell everybody, so I left Wednesday. Mm-hmm. This past Wednesday, April, whatever it was, um, and I drove down. My mom was having surgery to have her thyroid removed on Thursday. Um, so Thursday during the day while she was in for surgery, we were kind of sitting around waiting. I, I watched a movie on Netflix, surfed Facebook, and I stumbled across this thing where it was like, you know, get a digital sticker and have a chance to win an SCX-10 2. And it was like a sticker for eight seventy five. I said to myself, you know what? I got some money in the PayPal account. I'm going to buy one spot. That's it. I looked at all the numbers. I picked number 32. I sent the guy my money. Next thing I know, all the spots fill up. Well, at that point, we had went out for supper, and my cell phone died because I hadn't plugged it in for, like, you know, a few hours, right? So my mom come out of surgery. <sighs> fine. We, we go back to the hospital to visit her, and I plug my phone into her charger because, you know, she's set up in her, her room and everything, right? 15 minutes goes by. I finally power up my phone, and sure enough, my Facebook has, like, 50 notifications. And I'm going... Okay, I'm used to like 15, 20, but 50, like this is crazy. So I go in, sure enough, I see that I've been tagged in a post. I click on it, and it's just, it's like a post of the the wheel being spun. So I Mm -hmm. click on it, not thinking anything, and it spins. And I fast forward to where it stops, like slowly starts spinning, and I'm looking at where my number is, and it's spinning. I'm going, this isn't going to happen. And sure enough, dude, it stopped. Just like when you won the transponder, it stopped on my name. It caught, brought it up in the middle, and I literally said exactly what Duke Nukem just said, which was... <laughs> uh, oh, you don't have it? Well, here. Oh, oh, I do here. Okay. 
which was holy shit, <laughs> holy shit, <laughs> holy shit, holy shit. Okay, I didn't yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, almost. Because, <laughs> because my mom's sitting in her bed. She looks at me. She goes, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "There's nothing wrong. I just managed to win an RC." And she goes, "Well, what do you mean you won an RC?" So I proceeded to show her. She goes, "Is that good?" I said, "For eight dollars and seventy five cents, that's freaking amazing." And then of course I messaged Mike yeah, about exactly. it. Exactly. And he goes, "You should flip it for a quick profit." I I want to. I really do. But at the same time, I want one. So this is what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to build it. I'm going to build an SCX-10-2. Uh, I'm going to kind of do a feature project on the MBM page. Uh, I might even talk to our buddy Dan and see about getting the body painted with our logo on it. Um, and then maybe we'll either raffle it off. Uh, you know what I mean? We'll sell like 25 tickets at 5 bucks a ticket kind of deal. Um, or something like that. I think it would be kind of cool to give it away that way. Yes, I'm going to make money on the deal. Um but if we're able to sell, say, 25 tickets at 5 bucks a ticket, we can put money back into the podcast for other things. Maybe bigger giveaways, mm. stuff like that. So that's kind of what I was thinking about doing with it. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I did try to unload it to one of our Canadian friends because, of course, these trucks are worth way more in Canadian funded funds than U.S., um, but the interest was not there. So, I, like I said, I'm going to build it. And... Hopefully give it away. I, dude, I have a feeling I'm going to build it and I'm not going to want to get rid of it. <sighs> we'll see. Anyway. So yeah, mm. that, that finally paid <sighs> off. I can't believe that. One spot. That's my new rule. One spot. That's it. All it takes is one spot. And then you see these other guys, they go in and buy like 10 spots and it's like, oh man. it's <laughs> a lot of money. It is. What are you doing over there? Nothing. Trying to stay awake. You're tired, aren't you? Well. Just feel like a bag of poop. You feel like a bag of poop. Oh, look, I got messages on here. What the deuce? Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. Oh, a break. And we're going to get Mr. Rotoron on. I don't know if he wants me to say his actual name. So, uh. Smoking a pancake? Yeah, smoking a pancake. Really? Why did they give Skype more money? Anyway, uh, yeah, so we're going to take a break. We're going to get Rotoron on. Uh, we'll have a little interview with him, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. How's that sound? Sounds good to me, man. Okay, we'll be back right after this break. <laughs> Cow RC, the radio-controlled maintenance king since 2008. Providing the RC community with the world's best pit mats, park trays, performance aerosols, and much more. Through smart design, superior performance, and 100% made in the USA, Cow RC products are a real value. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Follow Cow RC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or order direct at cowrc.com. Save 10% with code IMOVE. That's code I-M-O-O. CalRC. Maintenance King.
Gone Banana Racing Skins, foam tires for any application from speed run, custom builds, 10th scale, 8th scale, X-Max, drag racing, you name it, Rick will wrap it. If you have something in mind, reach out to him on Facebook at Gone Banana Racing Skins and have a chat with him about your project that you have in mind. Rick is a great guy with a great business, and he's willing to help you get the foam tires that you need in order to make your race program the best that it can be. That's why at Gone Banana Racing Skins, they strive to give the best to their customers that they can. Gone Banana Racing Skins, doing custom foam tires that others just won't do. back from our short little break there and we have our guest on with us thank you very much ron for joining us of course if you guys want to check out his page i'll tell you before we even start the interview it is rotor ron not roto but rotor so r-o-t-o-r ron uh thanks for saying well, that too you can spell i know right uh rotor ron on facebook <clears throat> you can reach out to him for all your motor needs uh he does some dining we're going to talk a little bit more about it for those of you that are interested to know what goes into it what all those numbers mean, because I know I am one of those people that have no friggin' idea what any of it means. Uh, so again, thank you very much for joining us, Ron. Uh, we much appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with us. No problem at all. I appreciate you having me on. For sure, for sure. So before we get into the whole Rotor Ron stuff and all the wonderful things that these wonderful brushless motors bring to this hobby we love so much, what brought you to RC? Why RC? Um, I've been around racing all my life, uh, real racing, if you will, uh, mainly on the dirt tracks, dirt ovals, uh, growing up in the, I grew up in Pennsylvania. So as always, it seemed like every weekend I was either at a racetrack or underneath a car, um, during the week. And as time progressed and life progressed, if you will, I realized that I would probably never have the income to afford to race my own car. And it was around 91, somewhere around in there. I had just graduated high school, and a buddy of mine um, asked me if I had heard about an RC track that had opened up um, not too far away from us. And, you know, I, I, I was very interested because I had some RC stuff, um, you know, as a hobby, but I never raced it. It was always bashing. And uh, I went over and checked it out. Before I left, I bought a couple cars, um, chargers, batteries, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, blew a couple paychecks basically and just started racing. Um, I only did oval stuff at that time where I grew up. It was all oval stuff. It was, it was dirt ovals during the summer. In the winter time, we went inside at the fairgrounds and raced on carpet. Um, so a lot of low C and uh, bowling stuff. Um, never really did anything with the RC tens that I can remember. It was all, I, I just was always a low C person. Um, just kind of took off from there. I, I raced competitively for, uh, probably four years, somewhere around in there. And then life happened, um, intervened and had to get a real job and all of real life, all that stuff. And I just shelved everything. Uh, got back into it 
it's probably been about six years ago, maybe seven. Um, did some bashing. Um, never really raced competitively, if you will. I had a Traxxas four by four short course, and I took it over to leisure hours one day to practice, and quickly realized that um, that's not the vehicle that I needed. <laughs> um, so sold that, bought a a Losi four by four short course, and um, eventually uh, sold that. Bought the two wheel drive stuff and been racing two wheel drive um, short course off road and uh, buggy off road and a lot of dirt oval stuff at the same time. Ever since. No, right on. So you've always just been a Losi guy then. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, anybody that knows me knows that I've I, I'll, I'm not loyal per se to Losi, but I've always had I've I've just always like their products. But on the other hand, from the buggy standpoint, I always like the associated buggies. I, I, I can't tell you why I just, I, it just seemed to fit my driving style better. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Cause I, I've had an opportunity to drive like Mike, my co-host here. He, he was associated. Like when we started together, he bought the same stuff that I had, you know, he had a B five M we, we shared a lot of the same stuff. He had a four, four, three. And then, he decided that he wanted to try TLR, and he went full bolt into it. And I've driven his cars before, and I, I can't say that they're bad by any stretch of the imagination, because obviously they're not. Oh no, they're, no, they're no, cars. no, no, not at all. But they don't, they don't feel right to me. Now, maybe if I put a, a different setup on it and set the car up more for me, I, maybe I get used to it. But like I run for the most part with my four four three, the box stock setup in it, and the car felt good. So you know what I mean. That's kind of how I. Sure. I'm at, anyway, so. I hear what you're saying on that, though. Just kind of feels. No, no, I, I, I get it because from like with my my experience with buggies, I feel that the low C just felt heavier. I don't, I don't know. That's the feel that I got from it. But one big thing that I have going for me is when I race at leisure hours. You know, there's a core group of guys that are bad fast with Associated. You know, and they're on the Associated team, and any of those guys you can go to you know, with questions, comments, concerns, you know, what are you guys doing these days? It just seems like the, the team, the team setup changes almost weekly, but you can fine tune their ideas in mm-hmm. your car and it, it just helped me get up to speed so much faster. Right. Right. Well, and that's, that's for anybody finding a good base setup and, and tweaking it to feet f- for your fit is, is always the trick. Right. And, I've been fortunate enough to be at a couple yep. of races where I got an opportunity to meet uh, Bubba Boggs and, you know, pick a, a, what I feel is, you know, a, a higher tier driver's brain who really knows how these cars work. And, you know, I said, hey, my car's doing this. What can I do to get it to do that? And, you know, he gave me a couple of things. I did a couple of changes. And, you know, the next thing I know, my car's driving more the way I want it to. And it's without going to those races and traveling that distance to be around those guys, it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause you know, you, you know how the internet is nowadays. You can spend hours looking on the internet oh, yeah. and get 60 different opinions on what to do. And not one of them's right. And, um, yeah, it's, it's right. Um, yeah. I, I see what you're saying there. That's Mike and I always wish we had a, a permanent track that was closer and, and we were always around cause we've got, you know, a couple of really good friends that we've made of people from uh, Wisconsin at, at Marca on the indoor carpet track there. And, and, you know, they've been a plethora of of information for both of us alike, you know, just learning things about ESC setups and 
car setups and all that kind of stuff. And I know Mike can definitely attest for that. He got he got spoiled last year when he went down there and got a whole practice day in with those guys. Did you die, Mike? Nice. Michael? Oh, for Pete's sakes, I had the <laughs> stupid button pushed. <laughs> Told you I'm not there tonight, man. I'm not there. I'm like, hello. Wow. I was talking and I was just going on and no one was answering me and I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> we, we're, I wasn't ignoring you. I just didn't hear you. No, no, I know. And then when you were like, hello, and I was like, oh, God damn. <laughs> so, so with that, with your history in RC there, what makes you get into this whole dyno thing? Because you don't have, like, you're not running on like a motor analyzer like a lot of these guys are. Like, you have a dyno that actually puts, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, actually puts, like, I'll, I'll call it weight on, on the motor. So it's closer to right. It puts the resistance a a load, if you will. Yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over top of you. No, no, you're good. Um, So the back, the backstory is, in May of last year, I went to an oval race, and it was in McChesney Park, Illinois, just above uh, north of Rockford, and they have a quarter scale track there. It's asphalt, so they invited for the first time ever. They invited ten scale and eight scale guys to come and race. I thought was kind of cool, and there was a bunch of guys from the area that were going. Um, actually, there was two guys there from Canada, if I remember right. Um, so it was, it, it was just something different to me, you know. And now I could go on an on an asphalt oval that is, I think the run line was close to 400 feet. I mean, it was ridiculously big wow. because they race quarter scale cars on it. Right. So our cars on the track look, you know, like matchbox cars out there. Uh, compared to the, you know, the scale of the track. And I raced, um, 10 scale, uh, short course modifieds. And then I raced also eight scale that day, but I, I, I just was lacking speed in the, in the short course. It handled fine. I mean, I could get through the turns just fine. I just had no, it just seemed like it topped out about 20 feet off the, um, off the each turn. Mm -hmm. So I did, I did some finagling, if you will, and I, I basically Frankensteined a motor back in the pits, and I swapped out a stator, I swapped out a rotor, and, and just eventually I learned that, okay, this, this is, this is going to be badass in the, in the, in the main, because I had qualified fifth, and we, they allowed us to run some practice laps, and my practice laps were, I want to say, like three or four tenths faster than what my fastest lap was all day. And that that three or four tenths faster was faster than DQ had all day. So I, I just, I kind of kept that to myself. I went back to the pits, um, you know, got, got the car ready. And when they dropped the green flag, I just started picking cars off. And eventually I, I passed a good friend of mine for the lead. But um, it was just rewarding because it, it it showed me that, okay, in the, in the heat of the moment, if you will, and when you're thrashing in the pits, I could take a motor apart. I could apply what I think would work and it did. Mm -hmm. So what's the next step? And, you know, a few of us, the few of my close friends that we talk all the time on Facebook during the week when we should be working. And, uh, I, one of them, I, I, I don't remember exactly who it was at this point to call, to call him out, but, 
somebody mentioned a dyno. And I'm like, do they even make a dyno? You know, I, I don't I don't remember anything other than what was made in the nineties by competition electronics. And I knew that was for the brush days. And, you know, some but eventually I did some research actually on RC Tech and realized that yeah, people were converting these things. There's very, very few out there. Um, you know, you're talking about something that was made in nineteen ninety three, you know, and it was a dinosaur in technology compared to what's today. Right. So took me it took me two months to, to track one down and I finally tracked one down um, from, and I, I'm on uh, team Phantom as well. So it was a fellow driver on the team that had two of them actually. And he, he was willing to sell me a spare. Oh, Honestly, God, I had no intention of doing what I'm doing today. The only, uh, the only intention I had was to make my program better and eventually, you know, charge some buddies, you know, a few bucks to try to recoup some of the costs of the dyno. Right. That was the ultimate goal. Um, so once I learned how to run it, you know, it took a lot of trial and error throughout the summer, literally trial and error. <laughs> and uh, eventually I caught on to what I should be looking for. And when we opened, we opened the indoor season at leisure hours. And I think I, I know I, I TQ'd stock truck, but there wasn't a whole lot of entries there that night. But, um, the announcer, which he can be known for kidding around, but at the same time, he seemed pretty serious. He was like, what's in that truck? What do you got under the hood of that thing? <laughs> you know, I said, that's just my, you know, it's just a phantom motor. And he said, no, it's not. And I said, yeah, it is. I mean, you can look at it. You know, and it was left at that. Nothing else was said. Well, we come back the next week and I dined with my buggy during the week now. <laughs> and... So we come back to, we come back the next week and there was, I mean, it was a decent field. You know, I, it wasn't, you know, I didn't beat Austin Wick or, you know, any of the top associated guys by any means, but you know, guys that I race with all the time that I finished, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth to weekend and week out, I TQ both classes. And all of a sudden I've got, you know, guys coming up to me and saying, what are you doing? What, 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 what why is your car so fast? So, you know, I, I, I let some guys in on the fact that I had a dyno. Well, then all of a sudden everybody wants to put their motor on it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, this will be a good learning experience, you know. And I just started charging 10 bucks. And next thing you know, every week I'm, bring, I'm dragging this thing to the track and literally dragging it because it's a lot of equipment. And I, I'm trying to think of how the best way to say it. But, I mean, I felt like it was taking up taking away time from my racing, which is why I was there. Right. So I thought I'm a business guy, so I'm going to charge, I'm going to charge a little bit more. So I started charging $15 and it didn't matter. People still wanted it on the dyno and every single person, guys, honest to God, every single person came back to me with positive input. Hmm. And, you know, in the world of negativity and, you know, especially in the world of RC, it was just so rewarding to me to have this positive feedback from my fellow racers. And, you know, I, I keep saying I'm in awe of all this because it's true. So I, I eventually stopped my price at 20 bucks, which I felt is fair, Mm -hmm. you know, for what I'm doing and, you know, kind of kept it at 20 bucks ever since. Um, and, and again, I mean, people are sending me, you know, since we started the whole Facebook page thing, I mean, I got guys sending me three, four, five motors at a time. <laughs> you know, I got guys that'll send me 
three or four motors of the same brand and, you know, basically put the best one you can together, you know, and they're willing to pay me extra for my time to do that. And it's just, it's, it's really just exploded from there. I I just, I'm obviously doing something. I'm obviously doing something that everybody is is getting a positive experience back out of. Right. Oh, we know so that feeling very all too well, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? I said, we know that feeling all too well just with the podcast because it was basically just an idea that turned into something that we just can't stop doing, you know? Yeah, even, oh, when, I never, even when we thought I, about stopping. God, I, it was, I, yeah. I had no intention of ever making money off this, ever. Yeah. Well, we don't make money yet. We're I don't need to make money. If, if, <laughs> so far... The podcast has been paying for itself, thanks to Rick. Uh, yeah, pretty much. He, yeah. he believes in us so much, so I'm good with that. If if other things trickle in yep. and we can do more, and I've always, and Mike and I've always said it, if we get money f- through the show, it's going back into the show. We're gonna do big giveaways. We're gonna do, you know, I don't. I never started this to make money. I don't care about making money. I have a great job, <clears throat> but it lets me connect with guys like you. You know, I've talked to some of the biggest pros out there. Like we talked to Ty Tessman shortly after he won the the Eight Scale Worlds when we first started the show. <laughs> Wasn't he on our second show? <clears throat> yeah, he was like our second guest ever <laughs> on the MBM podcast. You know, we've so it's it's allowed us to experience this hobby from a whole nether level that a lot of people don't get to. And oh it, yeah, it's yeah. I, I we totally get what you mean by that. You never think yeah, exactly. it's going to amount to anything. And the next thing you know, you're going, what have I done? What have I created here? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So. Well, you, I mean, you can ask my family. I've gone from coming home at night, you know, just spending a couple hours out in the garage, getting my cars ready, you know, for the next race or, you know, whatever I may have going on to hardly ever racing. I mean, I haven't taken, I have not taken a time lap in three months. Um, oh, I mean, I miss it, but I, I, I miss it, but I don't because I'm feeding my competitiveness through the results of what I'm, you know, putting in in the racers' hands. Yeah, no if, longer. If that sounds, I know that sounds corny, but no, no, it, it makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, so instead I, of I, just you, it, like it, your it, results, <laughs> I can hear Mike's daughter giving a kiss. It, instead of just your results, you're able to say, "Look at these guys that have motors that I got good, for, you know, I put together for them, and look at how great they're doing." I, I totally get that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's it's. It's amazing to me. I, I was just telling a buddy a story um, this afternoon, actually. I, I was sitting out. We were watching TV last night. It was 1030 on a Saturday night and just sitting watching something on TV with a girlfriend. And my phone starts beep, beep, beep. You know, I'm getting a bunch of texts. So I, I look at it, and here it's a Facebook message. Mind you, I, the only time I've really ever talked to this gentleman was when he bought a motor from me, and it was basically five text messages. What do you have? How much? Okay, what's your PayPal? Here's your tracking number. And that was it. I never heard another word from him. <laughs> well, he messaged me from some race in Orlando called Turf Wars. Okay. It's some track down there. And he sent me his uh, podium photo or his second place photo, if you will, with his plaque and his truck and everything, thanking me for the amazing motor that I sent to him. Yeah. He said, this, I could gear this thing to the roof and it didn't get hot. I had power all throughout the run, you know, just very, very positive feedback. Now keep yeah. in mind, I never reached out to him. I didn't ask him how he did. You know, I, I like to, I don't have time to reach out to every single person, you know, after the sale, if you will. But I mean, these are people that are approaching me back directly. And it's just, it's amazing to me. 
it's just it's just i mean i can't think of another word guys it's just amazing yeah no i i have the prime example for that when we started this this podcast and we've been doing it for a few months and i had finally you know made an email address for it and uh, you know, kind of said on one of the shows, hey, if you want to talk to us, send us an email at nbmpodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, a couple of days went by after we released that episode, and then I got an email. And it wasn't just like an email from anybody even remotely close. Like, the guy is in a completely nether country. He is, you mm-hmm. know, so far away, it's crazy. And I'm just I'm sitting there at work, like, when I decided to look at my phone going, I can't believe this. And And if he's listening, Lewis... Thank you much for ever for being our first ever email, and, and you know he's reached out to us a few times, and and you know um, I actually because I knew he was a big fan of of Ty Tessman, I reached out to Ty, and Ty sent me one of his eight scale wings signed for Lewis that we sent to him with a shirt, and it's just it's so cool for it to be. It took you, like four months to get to. Yeah, him. I know. Tell me about. it. I thought they lost it. It took so long to get over there. Oh, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, but I, I, hear that. <laughs> I totally get what you mean by that. It's just the 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 feeling. It's it's almost unexplainable what doing stuff like that does for you. Like when we go to when Mike and I go to races and we meet people that listen to the show that we've never met before, and they're like, "Oh, it's a pleasure to meet you." And it's like, but I'm just a dude. Like I'm just a plain normal dude that talks to his best friend. Right interviews a few people in RC and like, that's it. But people like it. And it's, yeah, I totally get that. That's so, it's really cool to talk to another person that's kind of experienced that whole, like just the, wow, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done, I've, and don't get me wrong. I've done some, you know, pretty cool crap in my life. And, you know, I'm one of the, was one of eBay's top 100 sellers, um, just a few short years ago. And, you know, I, I've, I've had my ups and downs on the internet, you know, throughout the, uh, this is my 20th year on eBay. So, so what the heck are you when doing I say eBay? positive, when I say positive feedback, that's what that's really coming from is all the, the feedback, you know, from customers over the years. It's just amazing to me because I've never experienced such a, an, an influx of positivity, if you will. It's, you know, usually there's always that two or three guys or I'm just saying people in general, you know, that make you have a bad day. You know, or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's just not with us. I mean, I've had, don't get me wrong. I've had, I've had some issues with motors that I've sent out, you know, something may have gone wrong. A board may have gone bad, you know, in the first or second run, that's going to happen. It's mechanical, but on every single instance like that, I've taken care of the person, Right. you know, I've, I've paid for the postage to send it back. I, I've, I've paid for it out of my pocket to make it right because I, I believe this is what I was hoping I can get to at some point in the podcast was one thing that's really lacking in our hobby is customer service. Oh, hell yeah. Right. <laughs> Mike knows all I mean, about this. You know, it's, 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 it's to the point where, again, I'm a business guy and I've done this stuff. I've sold something literally all my life since I was 13. So I get what people want, you know, and, and I know what makes people happy and I know what makes people mad at the same time. And I know what drives people away from a business and I know what brings them to a business. Yeah. And I just see so much in RC racing that drives people away. So, you know, when I read my reviews that people post on, on uh, Facebook and last I looked, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty proud of it. I, I think I have over 50 positive reviews and it's not just people saying, Hey, great motor. 
you know, it's people literally writing four, five, six sentences mm-hmm. explaining their experience. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, that's to pe- people that don't have time, taking time out of their day to tell others about Rotoron. Yeah. And it's just so cool to me. And a lot of them say the same thing. You know, he's very responsive to messages. He sends you a tracking number within hours. Um, you know, those are things people look for. I mean, how many times have you bought something in the world of RC and not to knock anybody at all? And please, anybody out there listen, I'm not knocking anybody in particular. But how, how many times have you ordered something and you never hear back from the seller? Oh, or, I'm, I'm, I, you know, you know a, week, a week or two goes by and it's like, dude, how about a tracking number? No, oh, I don't have time. Or, well, if you don't have time, you shouldn't be in business. I got I got I'll one stop for you. you. I got one for you, you when we're not recording. That I'll tell you. Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> call out. Sure, I've got a, I've got ten of them, but yeah. And, and I just really feel that if you can apply that in in a, any business, you're going to be successful, right? Well, no, for sure, for sure. And you know what's funny is that you say that is I was actually. Um, well, recently, because I've become friends with you on Facebook, I, I see a lot more when you post or answer comments on uh, a lot of the pages. And, and I've seen you uh, react to somebody who said that they weren't overly impressed uh, with a motor you got from them. And I, I didn't really read too far into it, but you did say, well, you know, send me a message. So, you know, let me, uh, let me work on it uh, for you. Or, you know, let's, let's get a better resolution to it. I don't want you to be, you know what I mean? You were very... Yeah, and inviting to trying to rectify right, what I, the problem I, is. I, I'm pretty sure I know the one you're, t- I know the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It was just this week. Yeah. He actually mess. He did actually message me and we talked and he told me he didn't feel like the motor was as snappy as his old motor. So we talked about gearing and we talked, you know, a little bit about what people don't understand, I guess, is when you take a motor that just, that came off the dyno you really have to gear to temperature mm-hmm. uh, more than any anything else. You know, I, I know that sounds cliche, and that's what we all do, right? But guys listen to each other talk way too much. So, you know, an associated buggy, for example, you know, everybody talks, you know, if you look on 17.5 Stock Buggy Facebook group, for example, 5,400 members, and somebody every other day posts, what's a good gear for, you know, a, a turf track? It's you know, a hundred foot by 80 foot or, you know, I mean, there's no magical answer. It's just crazy to me that people even post that, but what people don't understand. And I try to relay to them is that I even send instructions. You have to gear to temp. Well, this particular gentleman, you know, said that he, he was coming off at 110, you know, and he just, he didn't really feel like he should gear up anymore. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, you you should go to at least, yeah, you should, you should go to at least 32, 33, 34 to um, pinion. And he's like, nobody's running that. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, matter what everybody else is running. You've got to do what's best like for when yours. You, it's, yeah. it's like when you talk to your kid and the kid says, well, my buddy is. Well, I don't care what about your buddy. I care about you. I know my, my 12-year-old daughter you know, gave me that It doesn't matter what day. everybody else is doing. <laughs> but, Dad, everybody else has a cell phone. And I'm like, and? <laughs> your point? Yeah, <laughs> you <know>? exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm a firm so believer in literally that too. In, in six messages. Sorry. No, go no, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. No, no. No, I'm just saying. In in six messages, I was able to help him 
because he messaged me back two days later and said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I wish I would have messaged you first. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. You know, it's just that's why I stay on top of it, you know? Oh, and, and we all know being part of this hobby and anybody that's raised is, is gearing can be your best friend, your worst friend, and it can be a make-it-break-it deal. You could uh, Finding the right gearing is, is always a trick, that's for sure. Sure, sure. And a lot of people are not willing to put forth the practice time that it takes to find that gear. Mm-hmm. You know, and I try to emphasize that. You, this isn't just some, you don't just plug a motor into a car, throw the same gear on it you've been running for the past two weeks at that particular layout and expect it to be fast. You, you have to change things around. You really have to pay attention to your setups. You really have to pay attention to your lap times, you know, and make sure that you're, you're actually getting faster. For sure. No, you're, you're totally, oh, man, you speak so much sense. Be careful. You're going to break the internet, I swear. So <laughs> let's see. It clearly doesn't work for Trinity, I can tell you that. Yeah, Mike did not have a very good experience with that. And, you know, Mike and I were talking, and, and for a lot of the stuff, you know, Mike brings a lot of his stuff over here, and we work on things together because we kind of work with each other on things, you know, uh, he'll come up with an idea or I'll come up with an idea and we'll bounce it off one another and maybe come to a better idea together. And, you know, or worse, a lot of times I'm sitting there and he's trying to fix something of mine that's broken computer wise. So I do a lot of the work on his cars for him, um, especially the soldering. And, you know, he was all proud. He's like, dude, I did it all by myself. He's like, but he's like, I think I screwed up the, the sensor board in this Trinity motor. And I said to him, I said, well, what happened? He goes, well, I turned it on and, you know, I had it all hooked up and gear on it. And I, you know, gave it a couple shots and it just quit. I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I must've got it too hot. He's like, I don't even think your soldering abilities, you would have done it. And I said, to him, I said, dude, I don't think it was your soldering abilities. You would have had to get that thing so warm to make something happen on the sensor oh, yeah. board to, to cut it out. Like it's one of those, it's one of those right. new Trinity monster motors with that huge chunk of aluminum on it. And I guarantee you what happened was it just, it picks up the heat, right? Well, but like I was saying before is, is the tabs yeah, would come possible. unsoldered that's first, possible. I would think. True. Well, needless to say, Trinity has yet to get back to me and it's only been like four weeks, bunch yeah. of freaking jerks. Yeah. So thank <laughs> God A-Main had a freaking sensor board that I had to pay $30 for jackasses. That they haven't come good for wow. on a brand new motor. Yeah, I hope someone from there is <laughs> listening and actually reaches out because it's kind of BS. And I, and I, you know, that's why I, I, I snickered when you said the RC industry is lacking customer service. And you're 100% right. Wants to take your money, they never want to talk to you again. You had two instances you know, of that. It, yep. With I don't remember what the second one is, but servo I'm just horn. Saying you have to agree. Servo horn. Oh, yeah, the servo horn with TLR. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, that was kind of a slap in the face too. Yeah, but what what can you do at this point? I mean, I never did get a hold of, cu- of TLR customer service because I just said to hell with it, put it on the freaking thing, and the way it went. The the machining of the teeth in the in the servo horn was kind of buggered up. It just wasn't clean, so I just oh. forced it onto the servo and it <laughs> cleaned itself up. Because I really didn't give two <laughs> flying Fs. Because at that point, I was just so pissed off. Like, because I reached out to a certain individual and I said, hey. And then the response was, oh, just contact customer service. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, what, what, what do you do then for TLR? Other than make everybody jealous when you release kits and build them in front of us on the internet. <laughs> I just, I don't know, just whatever. 
I don't care. Tonight's show, I'm calling everybody out. <laughs> well, you sound like me a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I was I was on a terror people a couple of weeks ago. Um, well, it just <laughs> it is. It's a slap in the face, you know. You spend hundreds of dollars on this stuff, and you reach out when you have a problem, and it's just like, yeah, keep doing because no one's going to start buying anything anymore, right? Yeah, and especially we're Canadian, so, so everything's even that much more expensive. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, that's no kidding up there. But yeah, I can relate to that 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 one hundred percent run, and it's nice to hear that you know you kind of you take some pride in what you're doing, and you know you want to make sure everybody's happy and make it right if it's not right, even if it's not your fault, you know. Oh yeah, totally. Sometimes you gotta bite the bullet. Yeah. Oh, sometimes that can get you further, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's always better that way. Anyways. So let's get into the brass tax of things and what I know a lot of people are hanging around wanting to know about. So I'm I'm interested to know myself. So I've I've had friends of mine reach out and send me um you know their little data sheets that they've gotten like with their Trinity certified motors. And this one I've been in particular I believe is a seventeen five. Um it doesn't say which one it is. It just says it's certified plus five team spec. Uh, yeah. Okay. Doesn't have much information. So, so are you looking at are you looking at modalizer numbers? Yes, it's modalizer numbers. So, how are those different from the numbers that you get from your particular way of dynoing? Okay, so the modalizer and a dyno are two totally different instruments. Okay. Um, the modalizer the modalizer is going to measure the inner workings of a motor, if you will, it's going to measure your sensor angles. So each motor has three tabs, right? You got your A, B, and C. Yeah. So within that, you have what's called hall sensors. And that is what basically powers the rotor to spin. You know, so each time it gets a jolt, you know, it starts the, the sequence, if you will, yeah. of spinning that rotor. So, so sensor angles are huge. Because you don't want to be too far off. Because w- when, you get, when you get to a certain point of deviance, if you will, um, off those center points, then you lose bottom end. So you're going to lose torque. I really, I personally, I mean, again, motor, motor guys are going to, you ask six motor guys the same question, and you're probably going to get six different answers, maybe five if you're lucky. Because everybody's got their own beliefs. Right. So... I personally do not. I personally do not believe that you miss on the top end, but you for sure miss on the bottom end. Right. And when you miss on the bottom end, you you create heat, and heat's your enemy. Next, heat creates fade. Over the course of a run, mm-hmm. fade creates casing jumps, and you know you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, in a, you know, in 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 an in an oval and on road racing, it's even worse than off road racing. Right. When you have fade. So. So personally, what I've learned is that anything above two, I consider bad. That's that's my person on de- on deviation. On deviation. So you're you're always after the perfect number of zero, which you know is almost next to impossible to to achieve. But zero is the ultimate goal. Okay. Anything above two. I see, I see serious drop-off in efficiency on the bottom end of my dyno results. Okay. So 
any motor that that I personally build, touch, redo, whatever you want to call it, to to resell on the you know in the open market, will Rotoron will never sell a motor that's above two on deviance. So that's an adjustable so, thing like that lo- you're able to do to get it ahead, down sorry. that low. Um, you can reshim. You know, there's there's tricks in reshimming. There's tricks you can do to the sensor board. Yeah, um, you can. You know, I don't want to give away too many secrets. But, <laughs> no, no, but no. The, but there's some there's there's some tricks that you can do to to play with your sense, play with your your uh, deviance, if you will. So it is a number. But when that you, you, can... you know, as you do that, you can make the motor spin faster. You can make it spin less. You can create torque as opposed to RPM, or you can create RPM as opposed to torque. There's you know there's just knowledge that you gain over touching hundreds of motors that you know what'll work and what won't work. So why don't we start at kind of like the top of the page? Like I'm looking at one here. It's a Phantom motor that you sold here, uh, blah, 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 February 5th-ish. Okay. And like at the top, you got like stator A plus B, then A plus C, rotor plus, rotor minus. Yep, yep. Like okay, kind of so just... Okay, so let's start there. Yeah. So the way I measure the stator stators uh, is on a fax, a Phantom fax machine too. So Phantom put out their their fax machine, if you will, and it's fax as in F A C T S, and it it does two different things. It'll measure your your stator resistance, but it does two tabs at a time. I can't do individual tabs, but anybody who took algebra in high school can figure out what the individuals are by looking at the A, a and B and A and C. So again, I'm looking. I'm looking for the numbers to stay the same, or you know, two percent or less variance so does, between the so two what numbers. Does, what does that you know? number mean? Like forty-one point four. So that's your that's the combination of the resistance on those two tabs. Okay. So you're looking you're looking at what do you say the numbers were? Forty-one point four and forty-one point seven. Okay. So just take 41.4, divide that by two, and that's basically the the um, the resistance in each of those tabs. Right. So on 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 RPM type rotors, or excuse me, all these words can get confusing. So on an RPM stator, you'll see much lower numbers than you will on a on a on a torque type stator. Okay. So again. In my experiences, you know, I can tell when one's fried. You know, I, I've got enough data. Um, I actually keep a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. I don't keep a I don't keep a spreadsheet of every single motor I do, but I I try to do every fifth one because it's just time consuming to add in to <laughs> add all that data uh, so, by hand into Excel. So basically, so, that, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying I, I, I always have something to go back to if I question, you know, like that phantom, whatever type it is. You know, I can open up my spreadsheet and, and I'm, I'm guessing I've got, you know, probably a dozen to two dozen different phantom motors right. that I've done over, over the course of time that I can compare them to. So, so basically that stator AB and then stator AC is, is the internal resistance of, of the motor, of the stator. Of, of the stator, correct. Itself. So then to the right of that, you have rotor positive, or plus 1578, yep. and then rotor negative, 1575. Correct. So the way I measure that is with a fax machine three. Uh, Phantom put out a, 
um, a rotor tester, if you will, about a year, year and a half ago. Maybe it's been two years now. I don't remember. Uh, it's a pretty cool gadget. Um, it's pretty, fairly inexpensive for what it is, actually. It's, I think it's too cheap. But so you you, you put this you put a rotor on this particular uh, tool and you try to center where the the readers are. You try to center the rotor as much as possible. You know, so again, we're adding shims on, on the rotor on this machine to center it. And any rotor will fit on it. It doesn't matter. As long as the 540 can type motor, the rotor will fit on this machine. So you just spin it and it's a digital readout and it'll stop when it reaches the highest point. And then you keep going till you get the negative. Usually it's the positive you get first. And you roll it uh, again, and the negative number will show up right below it. So that's rotor strength. Um, right now, you know, the, the, the best rotors, if you will, out there are reading mid-1600s, you know, that are, that are roar spec. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. mod rotors are a different story, but... Um, anything for roar spec racing, uh, you don't really see anything right now above 1650. I've seen one at 1660, uh, but that's really the highest I've seen. It's kind of a unicorn. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So then the sensor angles, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. That's what I was talking. That's what I was talking about in the beginning is, is your deviance. So your, your sensor angles, ends up being the de- the deviance ends up being the difference in all those numbers and okay. the modalizer figures that out and what's the m- magnet asymmetry asymmetry yes yeah. so that's how many degrees off zero how many degrees off center is the asymmetry of the of the rotor itself okay again zero is perfect and it's very very common to see zero rotors out there you don't really see zero rotors in, uh, what do I want to say, off-the-shelf motors, if you will. You know, if you want right. to kind of put them in a demographic, I guess. Yeah, your so average it's, motor. It's very, hard, it's very hard to go out there and buy, you know, a normal off-the-shelf motor and, and see that type of number on a rotor. I, I'm not saying it's not possible. It's just Unlikely. the machining isn't as good yeah. on something like that. And then the end bell timing, I mean, we know what end bell timing is, but w- what is the significance of actually recording it? Like, that's just kind of where you did the testing at? That's that's where you end up, that's where I end up with the timing on the motor off when it comes off the dyno. Okay. So, one thing that's super important that I try to stress to all my customers and anybody out there is, you know, you'll have a guy say... Well, I've got my timing at 43. According to my, or I'm just going to use 45 because that's a that's a tick that would be on the can. You know, I've got my timing at 45. I'm here to tell you 90. I'm I'm going to bet 99% of the time <laughs> that 45 on the can is really not what the timing is. It's really more of a, um, I don't know. A rough it, it's a benchmark. You know, it's just a place to, you know, you can always say to yourself, oh, well, I got it at 45. But until you put it on a motorizer or any tool that would measure actual timing, um, I I don't know. I People can say what they want, but I believe the motorizer is the best out there at figuring that out. 
but until you can put it on a modalizer, you don't really know what the real timing is. Mm-hmm. And then the phase current, I mean, we all know what an amp is, but what's its significance? Yeah. Well, the significance is those numbers can be all, all over the place, um, depending on the motor, depending on – there's so many variables. I don't really look for a number per se. Mm-hmm. I look for a, a variant. I look for a variance. So if you've got if you've got a number, let's say I, I'm looking at, at one right now that's three five five, three four two, and um, three four two three six four. I mean those numbers are right in line with each other. You know there's not much variance there. Now if I'm looking at it and one and I got three five five and I got three four two and then all of a sudden I got two six one, well that tells me that there's not much current flowing through the C tab. Why is that? You know, mm-hmm. is it burnt? Is it unsoldered? You know, is this, is it not making a good connection? Is it dirty? Um, you know, that's another thing I can't stress to people enough is maintenance on a motor. Everybody forgets about it. You know, motor, motor sprays, 10 bucks a can, a motor is a hundred bucks. You know, it's just like changing your oil. It's the same thing. You gotta, you, people have to learn to spray these things out because the, the dirt will actually get in there, and if you get enough conductive dirt, if you will, you know you 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 can lose power and you can actually create heat in your motor because it's not operating efficiently because it's dirty. Mike knows Makes all sense, about that because you can even you've had conductive yeah. dirt gotten into a motor. Mike wasn't a wasn't a car motor, but it was a, a, no. a, a an octocopter motor. <laughs> yeah, for for a drone. <laughs> <laughs> no, we well because oh. I'll tell you the quick story real short is uh, it, it crapped out in my up on my parents in the driveway and we put down what's called uh slag, right? Cuz we got a steel mill here. So they take the, oh, the yeah. slag yep. out of the blast furnace, they crush it down into nice looking gravel and you put it in your driveway and it's, it's awesome. Except for the part where if anything magnetic, there's still magnetic particles within it. Well, because the thing crashed, what did the motors do? <laughs> All that little magnet stuff oh, yeah. uh, was just a, the motors are done. It just fried them. Oh. Didn't matter what we did. We took them apart. We cleaned them. We cleaned it. I put it back together. Enough. And yeah, yeah. We got smoke. We got smoke. We gave power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't last long at all. I bet that thing just locked up. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, it did until we cleaned them. We like I said, they they the, the motors still spin except for the part that they smell like a friggin' burnt piece of bacon now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah it was bad. That was a good, good plume of smoke coming out of the one. It was like, yeah, that's fried. Well, and I think most people so this, nowadays. This, hang on, most people nowadays like Ron yeah, was saying, ahead. like motor motor spray is cheap. You know, it doesn't. It's yep. not going to kill. A lot of people figure they don't need to really do that anymore because they're brushless. Like they're not back in the brush days where you were constantly having to make sure that everything was good. These guys well, just you know put it you're in not there wearing and rip a on brush. It. Well, that's it. You're but. not wearing the brushes, oh, yeah. but you got carpet going in there, and Lord only knows what else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's on the carpet. Well, the other oh, thing, too, is, is when you're, if, if the bearings aren't spinning free, your mm-hmm. motor's not spinning mm-hmm. to the best of its ability either. Thank I can't you. tell you how many times I've got, I've had guys send me motors in, and, you know, I've had to email them back and say, hey, we got to replace the bearings in these things. I mean, when was the last time you cleaned it? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of brutally honest about it, you know? Well, that's the truth, though, right? So, can you do this to like quadcopter motors and all that kind of stuff, or does it kind of has to be on a five forty can? 
it's got well the dyno's set up only for 540 cans um but i can see this as a progression you know as time goes on and i i look for other avenues that you know i may get into stuff like that as well well because in the flying world efficiency with your motor is like even more important than our cars right because you're in the air <laughs> yeah and yeah when exactly. these things you know if you can you want to chew through a, a 10s lipo pack at 24 volts in 10 minutes i'll tell you you can do it with these things and well tell yeah. me if i'm wrong though i don't know too much about the the drone world but most of those motors they don't they have uh fixed timing it's not an adjustable end bell right that is correct that is correct yeah so there's not much i can do about that yeah, I mean, but I'm sure even just shimming them, like, you know what I mean, from that point of view, if it's, if that's possible, I, I don't know. You know, I mean... Yeah, if you can take it apart, you can shim it. Yeah, oh yeah, you can take them apart and you can get the rotor out of them and, and get to everything. It, it, they're kind of unique. Um, the motors are very open on them for cooling, uh, just because of the heat uh, that they do generate, right? Usually your props are part of your cooling. Kind of works as a double-edged sword, not uh, figuratively yeah, speaking, I mean, I, and literally... But yeah, anyways, it's just something that as we're talking here, I kind of thought about it because how do you know when your motor is going other than if there's smoke coming out of it or it seizes, right? So you could have a motor that's choking and never even really know it until there's a visual sign, right? So if there was yep. a way to and test them. In the air. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, exactly. You're a mile up and all of a sudden, away she goes. Yeah, that sucks. You know, so this, I could see this being a way of, you know, testing your motors and like you said, you'll kind of get to that benchmark. You know, if you use motor A, well, they should all test a very similarly the same. And when one's out, you know, well, it's time to sure. go, right? Huh, cool. So then what's this little receipt thing I see with it uh, where it says constant volt 6.2? Obviously, that makes sense that you're putting 6.2 volts through it. And then there's like a torque yeah, so rating and watt and EF amps. Right, so... The best way to describe what I the way the dyno works is you have a slave motor that spins the opposite way that the brushless motor that you're testing is spinning. So that's applying the resistance, and it's a real torquey 55-turn brushed motor. So I'm using 90s technology to test new technology. If that, it's just crazy the way it works, but that's the way it is. So, so the dyno you can set up to a constant volt. So if you know anything about the brush days, you can eat up brushes in a hurry when you're putting eight and a half, you know, eight and a half volts through it all the time, especially on any type of resistance. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of tone it down to make the slave motor last longer. So you're not replacing that after every 50 dyno poles, because that's literally what would happen if I was at eight and a half volts. I would spend more time with maintenance on my dyno than I would actually putting customers' motors on them. So you leave it at 6.2, and I put torque steps. So on that sheet where you see torque, it starts at 7. And again, I'm not a very technical, name technical guy, but I want to say it's nano foot-pounds. It's, na it's nano whatever. Um, and maybe it's in millimeters because it's everything's in millimeters. But there's a, there's a, there's a word for that that I'm just... I'll be quite honest, I don't pay attention to. Um, so it, it, to me, that's seven foot-pounds of torque. That's in the real world, you know, being around real cars all my life and being around real dynos all my life, I look at things in horsepower and foot-pounds. Mm -hmm. So 
So let's just say that's seven foot-pounds of torque that's being applied. So the best way to describe that is that's the resistance the motor is going to feel at the end of a straightaway. You know, it's basically a top speed, and it's still got some resistance because we're going 30, 40 miles an hour in these things. You've got air resistance. You've got, you know, you've got resistance in the, in the, the rolling part of the vehicle, yeah, the uh, traction, you know, everything. So seven foot-pounds would be what that is experiencing. So then you go all the way down, or actually you go all the way up, in foot-pounds to 12. So the, the dyno will spin the motor for 10 seconds, or no, it's not 10, seven seconds at each one of those torque levels. Hmm. And as it's doing it, it measures your RPM, and it'll measure an average RPM. It will not measure the top RPM, because you can watch it move. Um, it's all on digital as I see it, you know, as it's doing it. So it'll take an average, believe it or not, of all, all the, the RPM at that point. And it'll take the average of the watts. So your watts is horsepower. Your efficiency, I say it all the time. I, I, I wear it out. Every motor has a sweet spot where it operates at the maximum power without losing efficiency. Mm-hmm. So the sweet spot is, is what you're trying to find. So you're trying to find that, that sweet spot. And then amp draw is pretty self-explanatory. So I'll look at those numbers. And, and first and foremost, I'm always looking at RPM. But I, I look at efficiency more than I do anything. Because there's a lot of times where the, the RPM may be, may be a little bit lower, but the efficiency is there. And let's be honest there's not too many racers out there that can tell the difference in 250 RPM on a dyno, you know, when they put the vehicle in their car. So, you know, if it's a 700 RPM difference, that's huge, right? So obviously I'm going to pay attention to that. So I'm, I'm always looking for the efficiency without losing too much power. So the best way to understand that is like I spoke earlier. So as time is going to go on here in the world of RC, you know, we're used to five-minute runs. Well, there's more and more tracks that are trying to get, get guys to, to show up and race more, so they're giving them longer mains. Um, you know, there's a lot of big races. I, I believe trackside today, the, the buggy championships, I think they're 10-minute mains. If I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but it's either eight or 10 minutes. You can't have fade. I mean, you literally cannot have any fade in a 10-minute run. You're gonna, you, you might as well just sat in the pits and watch the race. If you're going to case jumps at, at, at the eight minute mark. Mm-hmm. So by having the motor running efficiently, efficiently, you have less amp draw. So your battery is going to stay charged higher over the course of the run. Does that make sense? Did I describe no, yeah. that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I understand it. That, that would explain why I can get 10 minute runtime, like full race trim on my T5M with a 3,200 milliamp hour battery in it. Cause it's obviously running very efficiently. Right. Sure, sure. So, you know, every motor is different, right? I mean, literally every single motor is different. I mean, I, I can pick up a Phantom be, just because I've got so much experience with Phantom. And, and now, you know, I've done so many Reedies. I've done so many um, Trinity stuff, um, mainly the 24K and the D4. I'm starting to really understand the monster horsepower a little bit more. So, you know, as time goes on, I kind of know where to start the timing at, mm-hmm. you know, and, and where to be. And then, 
you know, I can also give feedback to my customers after the sale because I'm gaining knowledge as well. You know, and I, like, let's say I know a guy that, you know, has a, um, a monster horsepower and, you know, I've, when I sold it to him, I've, I'd only done three or four at that point, you know, and I, so after I'd done a few dozen of them, I reached out, you know, saying, Hey, you were one of the first customers that had one of these, you know, can you do me a favor? Can you move the timing, you know, one degree up or down, whichever it was. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I know you don't have a motorizer, but I'm trusting you that you can do this. And he wrote me back the next week and he's like, Oh my God, what a difference. He said, that's incredible. I could, I could gear up, you know, this guy went, he, he geared, he geared up two more teeth. He runs on turf up in Connecticut and he was just amazed. And all of a sudden, you know, I started getting podium pictures and you know, all that stuff too. So it was kind of <laughs> cool. Wow. So Ron, I got to ask you, and I know you've seen it a lot lately. Yeah. You get these guys digging out their multimeters you know, you know where I'm going with this, right? Yep. So can we can we yeah, put a, can going. we put this uh, this myth to bed because I'm pretty sure it's a load of BS, and it really doesn't do anything. Yeah, I, I, I you know, guys, I even before I did that video that I posted on YouTube, I can't tell you how many motors I did that to in my garage. You know, and I just I don't see. I'm not saying that it's wrong. Let's just say that I don't think it's wrong, but I don't think it's I don't think it's the most efficient way to do it. It's 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 not the most efficient way to achieve what you're trying to achieve. You may be fast for the first two minutes of a run, but I I, I bet my house that over the period the next three next three minutes of that run, my motors are going to catch up to you. Hmm. As long as you know, given everything stays the same. Right. Cause yeah, cause you get that question all the time, and I know a friend of mine, Jeremy. He he was very interested into knowing if that method works, and uh, I said to myself, "Well, we'll have an answer for you by the end of the show, because we're recording one right now." Because he had sent me the the modalizer readout, and the modalizer readout just has a little bit more information than than what you're providing, but it has a lot of the same information. And <clears throat> when you brought up the sensor angle and, and the the variance, then um, or the deviation uh, between them, it, it's it's interesting to know that's that like two is the the kind of no go number. Anything over two is real bad, right? But yeah, bad. No, I, I, I this whole six amp thing. I again, it, to me, it's an internet myth. Um, I just I just feel that it just doesn't make sense. I mean, no other way to say it. Yeah, no, and, and like I said, I didn't. I had looked knowing into, what I know now. Right, right. Well, because I, I had looked into to maybe doing it with uh, uh, one of my cars and see if if I can get anything out of it. And then after I did more reading and more looking and more reading, it's just like, wait a minute, like there's no real definitive line that this actually is worth the time. And I really didn't want to dink around with that much stuff. And then possibly, yeah, my luck, I would either explode something. Yeah, no, no, just not a good idea for me to try it. And this is, you know, and, and I've gotten, trust me, I, in the past four months, you know, since Rotoron really exploded, I've got, I've got haters. I've got people that try to, you know, the naysayers, if you will, the negative, the negative Nellies of the internet. <laughs> and that's all fine and dandy. I mean, if you want to tinker with your own stuff, that's what makes, makes this hobby great. 
that's how Rotoron started was tinkering with his stuff. And you know, if you if you think that putting your your motor on a on a, um, multi-tool, you know, or um, whatever they're called, I'm sorry, it's getting late. Multimeter, multimeter, yeah. You know, and you 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 multi, yeah, voltmeter. If if you tune it to six amps, that's great. But there's also two ways to achieve that six amps. So now you're taking that into question because you can you can free rev a motor in outside of the speed control, you know, on one of those motor analyzer things. Yeah. Yep. And and then put it in your car and measure it through the speed control, and it's going to be a totally different re- reading. Right. Because the speed control is going to control the amp draw at that point. Hmm. You know, so either way, at the end of the day, I I'm there's no motor out there that Rotoron has sold that's even close to drawing six amps. Not even close, and, and you can see that in my YouTube video. Hmm. Well, there you have it, folks. That should answer Rotoron says so. If you don't know what we're <laughs> leaning towards to begin with, just get a hold of Rotor on and uh, send them your motors. I, yeah, think, I think once we're actually done our racing season, it'd be an interesting thing to do. Yeah, I think I'm going to have a Tekken motor or two to send them. Box all our... Tekken? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> you like the Tekken motors, do you? Oh no, no! I'm just saying, Tekken, nice. Nice. I just actually dynoed. I actually just dynoed three for a gentleman uh, that oval races. He has to run, you know, partic- two particular motors. Mm-hmm. And I was actually surprised at the, at the the numbers it produced. It was pretty amazing to me. Well, okay, so here's a question, <laughs> and you can choose to answer it or not. <laughs> what is the motor of Rotor Run? The motor that I would recommend? Is that what yeah. you're asking? Yeah. Um, Phantom. I, I mean, I've been with Phantom for five years as a driver. Are you only saying I believe this because in their you're product. sponsored by them? What's that? <laughs> I said, are you only saying this because you're sponsored by them? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I, I mean, I've got so many Phantom motors out there that are that are kicking ass no, and I'm taking just, names I'm just, that, I'm just you know, that I, can, I can back it up. Yeah. But it's... I, I, you know, when someone calls me or that someone messages me or whatever, you know, what would you recommend for this? You know, I, I go through this, the same spiel with everybody. I ask them what class you're running first and foremost, what traction are you on? Are you on, you know, are you running loose dirt? Are you running high bite dirt? You know, are you on primes all day long? Are you turf? Are you carpet? You know, that determines a lot because, and, and then the next thing is how big is the track? And I always get, well, I don't know, you know, just roughly, you know, give me, give me your lap times. I mean, if it's a, if it's an off-road track and it's a nine second lap, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that it's pretty small. <laughs> but if they're running, you know, if they're running 22, 27 second laps or, you know, 24 to 27 second laps, then obviously it's a very technical, usually technical big layouts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, then I can, I can steer people the right direction. You know, rather than just going to a website and, and saying, oh, well, here's a 17.5 short stack. Well, what the hell does that mean? You know, explain to me what that, why do I need a short stack? Well, maybe I run a short course. Why would I need a short stack? Well, you don't. You know, I mean, in my mind, you don't. And, you know, it's just, you, 
I always try to accommodate people that way. So if they ask me what I recommend, I will always say Phantom every time because I know those motors inside now. But that's not to say that I don't have, you know, a Team Scream sitting on the shelf. That doesn't mean I don't have a Trinity sitting on the shelf. You know, if, if, if I don't have a Phantom in stock that fits what they need, then I'll try to sell them that Trinity or I'll try to sell them that Team Scream. Yeah, Joel. Because that's Joel. the other thing about Rotor Ron. That's the other thing about Rotor Ron. Sure, I'm loyal to Phantom, but I'm not really loyal to one brand. I mean, I'm selling anything and everything. Yeah. You know, because there's a multitude of choices out there to choose from. And I, a lot of people, it, it's crazy to me because a lot of people will say, well, I don't want to use motor. Okay. But I'm here to tell you that most of my reconditioned, because I hate to use the word used, one, because it's really reconditioned, what, most of my reconditioned motors are way better than any off-the-shelf motor you can buy just because of what I've done to them. Right, right. So why not save yourself? Why not save yourself some money? I mean, it's not the brush days where you had to cut comms and you had to replace brushes and you know all that. I mean, there's one moving part. You know, I mean, those are bearings in a rotor. So as long as you've taken care of the rest and kept it clean, and it and the numbers don't. I mean, numbers don't lie. Why not save yourself some money and buy one of my reconditioned motors? Yeah, because you know, hundreds of others have, and they're super happy about it. For for the most part. As long as you're not like cooking a motor, you're when you get higher in temperatures, you're really just damaging the magnet's strength over like you know what I mean. If, if somebody's running like say you're, you're, 190s all the time, 195s all the time, they're not necessarily damaging the windings because yeah, it's hot, but it's not like you know I can smell epoxy hot. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You will you will kill the internal resistance over time mm-hmm. on a stator, but not nearly as fast as you will a rotor. Right, right. And I've seen warped rotors, man. I've seen it all with people, you know, stuff that people have sent me. Oh, <laughs> this thing's never been over 130. And I say, Celsius or Fahrenheit? <laughs> because there's no way that this thing has not been over 130. And, and Because rotors don't give these numbers and... I mean, I visually have seen rotors that are warped. If you can visually see a rotor that's warped, you are you probably run that pretty hot. Wow. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. My motors have come off on occasion at over 200. It's happened. Oh yeah, mine. Yeah, mine have too. And one of the big, yeah, one of the big other myths, if you will, with motors is why well, run a fan on it? Should be fine. It comes off at 130 all the time. Not really. That's not good because if you take that fan off, you're probably at 190. Right. You know, or you're you're approaching you're approaching at least 180. Well, because to me it would be better if, so, like, if you're able to get a motor that runs cooler without a fan. That's better, isn't it? Like, yeah, I can throw a fan on it, but that oh yeah, doesn't mean totally. the motor's not working ridiculously hard. Right. I mean, you're still working with amp draw and eventually, yeah, heat is your enemy, but if it doesn't matter if you're overworking it with a fan or without, you're still overworking. Yeah. The it's current. still not working efficiently. Hmm. Interesting. So I now, like you it. know, yeah, I mean, one of my, one of my most proud accomplishments so far is, you know, I'm a big oval fan. So I, 
I love it when oval guys get a hold of me, you know, because that's my that's my true passion. And you know, I had a bunch of I had two guys from Trackside that um, were my customer, you know, two of my very first customers. And the one the one guy he had some decent success, but nothing like he had one once he got my motors. And he really made some guys up there like, whoa, what, what are you doing? You know, and he's been one of my biggest cheerleaders and spokespeople, if you will, for since the beginning. So over a course of two months, I had all these guys from Trackside, you know, can I send you my motor? Can I buy a motor? Yada, yada, yada. And they're all sprint car guys or they're all uh, short course mod guys. And Trackside had their Midwest championship or whatever they call it a couple of weeks or about a month ago. And there's eight cars in the sprint car, a main and five of those were my motors and four of the top five were my motors. So it, you know, and my motors at TQ and it just, it's just cool to see that. Oh, that's so cool. That is too cool. I think, I think we know what we're going to have to do here, Mike. We're uh, we're gonna yeah, have to uh, motors in this off season for sure. Well, Ron, <clears throat> we'll uh, give you this opportunity to thank anybody that you want to thank for helping you along in your uh, wonderful journey through the Sarsi hobby. Uh, there's way too many to thank, especially on the road to Ron side. But every single customer, you know, I I give out a huge thanks to. Um, you know, anybody that's mentioned my name, help me you know, put hashtags out there or tag me on Facebook when they've seen somebody with a six amp myth or, you know, somebody looking for the best motor out there, whatever. I, I first and foremost, thank those people and, you know, my family um, for putting up with the long hours out in the shop, um, you know, especially. Um, you know, I got to, um, I don't know. I, there's a lot of guys I, I to thank them individually would be next to impossible, but they all know who they are. Oh, right on, right on. So if you haven't figured it out already from this conversation that we've had with the one and only Rotor Ron, you need to go over to Facebook and give his page a like. It's simple, Rotor Ron. He's got 1,249 likes, so I'd love for you guys to go out there and jack that up for him and make him give his head a shake and go, what did these silly Canadians do? And now that I've said that, he'll luckily to get 10. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would like, uh, in the future... We need to work something out, do some type of giveaway Ooh, on your I show. Like I you know, I'm very like open it. to that. Sweet. You hear that, Mike? Look at that. So, we didn't even have to ask yeah, this we just time. Yeah, we just got to get our own shit together. Yeah, I know. Tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> so with that being oh, said, a struggle. I want to say thank you very much, Ron, for joining us on this episode. Um means a lot yeah, to us to have somebody on like you. And yes, we'll, we will be in touch in the very near future because we have some... Uh, well, I'm going to have some new motors, motors that I'm going to want to be on their tippy-toe top shape, so uh, I'll, uh, I'll have a conversation with you and get you some stuff, and we'll go from there. We'll, we'll, pa- okay. we'll, we'll pack them with some Canadian goodness. We'll send you some ketchup chips. Yeah. Ask Chris Vieira about that. <laughs> what, what is it? <clears throat> ketchup chips. Ketchup, ketchup chips. flavored yeah. chips. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Well, well you're, you're going to try some, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> That you are, right from Sounds Canada. Like a plan. We'll we'll pack them. That's how we'll pack our motors yeah, so they get yeah. you safely with chip bags <laughs> as padding, <laughs> and then you can eat the padding. They'll tell me that's not that's the best awesome. kind of right. box you could open. Oh, that's the best. 
That's awesome. Well, I right? think that's going to be it for us, folks. I don't even think we're going to take a break and come back and say goodbye. I think we're just going to say goodbye here with Ron on with us. So I want to thank you for listening to the MBM Podcast. Make sure you go over and check us out on Facebook, MBM Podcast, Everything RC. Give us a like. Of course, I said it earlier, but you can send us an email at mbmpodcast at gmail.com. And lastly, I've already told you to do it once, and I would love if you would head over and give Rotor Ron's page on Facebook a like as well. Uh, of course, uh, helping everybody in RC is what we want to do and enjoy the hobby with everybody. So thank you very much for listening, and we will be back probably next week because I'm at home for the next three weeks with a bum foot. So I'm going to harass Mike a lot. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Hey, guys, before I forget to tell you, make sure you go on and check out the J&K podcast, friends of ours. Uh, they're actually local friends of mine. Uh, the J&K podcast, they're on Podbean as well. And don't forget... Uh, another fr- friends of mine uh, over at the Space Jam podcast. They are as well on Podbean. Search them out, find them, give them a listen. They are a little different than what we do, um, and you might enjoy them. So check them out. Thanks. Thank you.